Introducing Brian Breaker, the biggest icon in wrestling. Daniel Ross. This is the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel. What is going on? What are you doing? We will not go quietly into the night. Hang on! Houston, you have a problem. Boom shakalaka! I'm sweating like a pig here. It's a lot of guitar! Mr. Freedom! Eat the pizza. Ladies and gentlemen, it is once again Saturday morning, it is episode 12, and it is time for your weekly dose of nostalgia. My name is Brian Breaker, and welcome to the Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel, and of course, joining me as always, my good friend Daniel Cross. Daniel, are you ready for some Saturday morning nostalgia? It's Saturday morning, I'm ready for nostalgia, pants are encouraged, but optional. They're definitely optional, but like like we say always, you know. Be careful. Be careful walking outside with no pants on. You know, can get you around school districts or daycares. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and this week we uh, were discussing the film Armageddon, a big yes. of years, a movie I've actually never seen all the way through. I have seen bits and pieces of it, so I'll try to do my best to kind of remember everything that I can. Um, of course, it stars Bruce Willis and several other big name actors. We'll be discussing that here in a little bit. But, of course, I want to throw it out to last week. Last week we had a fun episode. If you didn't hear it yet, check it out in our archives, episode 11. We actually discussed uh, WWE Maximum, or WWF, rather, Maximum Sweat and WCW Gross Out Figures. Two very, very different lines, but both very cartoony in their own right. Yeah, it was a bit of a, almost a Monday Night War of figures last week. We had the WWF versus the WCW. You know, both uh, both lines, I felt they were kind of like hand and glove. They kind of went together, just big, bulky, awkward-looking figures. And that, that Goldberg, like I said, I picked that up uh, for like three bucks out of a bin. That thing is an enormous figure. It's like eight, nine inches tall. Oh, wow. And you, you, stick, the, you stick the hands out, and he's got like a wingspan of, I don't even know, another seven or eight inches. It it's, it's, uh, takes up a lot of shelf space. Oh, I still wow. have decided if I'm going to try to sell it or... I'm going to, you know, keep it. Maybe I'll stumble across the Sid or something. I don't know. It's definitely possible. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes those gimmicky figures are weird. Like I, I was telling you, just as we wrapped up last week's episode, I saw that the Major Pod revealed at their live show they're starting a line of LJNs called, quote-unquote, Big Rubber Guys, which I think is <laughs> a fantastic name. They showed off uh, Myers and Cardona, of course, as the first two releases. But, um, you know, look, we've pretty much hit – Every nostalgic wrestling figure toy line has been revisited. BCAs have been revisited. You know, Hasbro's obviously been revisited. Um, you know, I don't think Galoobs have yet, but the ECW style now the uh, now the LJNs like. You think someone will revisit Maximum Sweat at some point? Like, because I I sure hope so. But they're so big and bulky. I mean, if if an independent company released them, are we talking about a sixty dollar figure? And I don't think anybody liked Maximum Sweat that much. To I don't even like them that much <laughs> to spend right. $60 on them. Well, that's the thing. I think a lot of times with figures, I think the the number goes up because it's what people are willing to pay. You know, like I think if people stop paying big amounts, like it will go down because it has to. Yeah. Like I, uh, I, I think this is weird. So um, I'd like to get your take on this. Like uh, 
what is it? I think um, G.I. Joe from Hasbro announced their new official price point was going to be $25 for a single release figure. Uh, $45 if it's Oof. a figure with a big accessory. And 55 if it's like a two-pack. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, how is two individually released figures cheaper than a two-pack? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Right? Like, if anything, it should be, okay, if it's 25 for a single release, shouldn't it be like 45 for a two-pack or something? Like, a little bit cheaper? Because I remember back in the day, like, even Mattel, when they did, like, the battle packs, like, the singles were... 20 or I'm sorry were 10 for a basic but the battle packs were like 19 yeah a well little... same with like jacks or anybody it was like five dollars for a figure like I don't even know 899 for a two-pack or something a little bit cheaper a little bit more cost effective or at least the same price like if yeah. it was five for a single it was 10 for a two-pack like it was something like that so like I don't know why would it be more expensive that's just always been weird to me yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I just I don't get that. But but like you said, I think there is nostalgia for these. The thing is, they are big and bulky, but not a lot of articulation. I think they only moved at the arms, legs, and head. Yeah. So it might be doable. I don't know if someone were wanting to do it. I think right now, though, the nostalgia for these isn't that large. So that's probably what's prohibited that from happening. Yeah, I don't hear a lot of clamoring for to bring back maximum sweat. Unfortunately. And actually, a lot of people, like, really dog on them a lot, too. They they said they were terrible, crappy figures, stupidest figures ever, um, which is how I feel about LJNs, but... <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Speaking of speaking of pitchforks... Yeah. No. Uh, no, aren't uh, the Toon Brothers, aren't they big into LJNs? Oh, yeah, they, yeah. I know Jeff and Scott. Well, they grew up on LJNs, right? And, and I, they yeah, even have yeah, said... Yeah, that's all, that's all the deal. Yeah, they they even said like even when Hasbro's came out, they loved them, but they didn't really play with them because they were kind of at that point where playing with them was kind of over. But they even said like, I don't know, we don't even know how to play with these. And I'm like, I think that's where you have to be like super creative because they weren't the easiest to play with. But yeah, like I was just gonna play with them because I wanted to, and I don't know. Like the thing is with the Hasbro's, they certainly had that very distinct look, which I think made them fun. So. I think that's yeah, LJNs. So I felt I did have a couple LJNs, you know, that you know, garage sales stuff like that. From what I remember, I would just grab them by the leg and throw them across the room at my brother. Yeah, they were very heavy. I do remember <laughs> oh, that. Well, yeah, they, and I, I've heard that was a big, damage when he got hit by one. <laughs> that was a big reason why a lot of people haven't brought them back is because they were so heavy and like the shipping yeah. and stuff. So who knows? Um, I'm kind of curious how much the majors will charge for these because they charge like 25 or 30 for a bendy. So mm-hmm. an LJN will probably be closer to 50, which again, that kind of goes to like what you were saying. Is that too much? I think it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not down for it, but I don't know. How much are the LJNs that AEW has been doing? Are those 20? Yeah, they're the same price, but they're shipping them with the other figures. So again, they're okay. not doing a whole wave of them. It's like a one figure. It's not really a chase, but it's like one figure in the wave is an LJN. And that like they yeah. do it what I had heard they're doing with Unmatched is which is like their secondary line, they're doing one um one one wave is like a legend, which is like where Owen Hart or, you know, Lionheart Chris Jericho come in. One is like a uh an LJN every other wave. So you're only gonna get one LJN 
every other wave, which is why they've only had two. They've had Darby and they've had Cody. CM Punk will be the next one. And I think after that, it's, oh man, I, I remember they announced it, but they haven't done it yet. So, I mean, not a ton, not a ton of those different characters. So, I don't know. It's kind of a fun idea. Like, I know the, uh, a few years ago, they actually released Young Bucks LJNs. Did you ever see those? Yes, I did. Actually bought them online, thinking, oh, this is cool. They're relaunching LJN, and we never saw any more, so I sold them. <laughs> there you go. But I was like, that's yeah, kind of fun. But, yeah, they didn't. They weren't that great, I didn't think. No, not a lot of people were that into them, I don't think, either. Yeah, probably not. So, uh, Armageddon, the movie... Um, I again, I have not seen this film, so I don't know a lot about it. But I can't believe. Have you not seen Armageddon? How'd that one slip through the cracks? Okay, so again, I'll tell the story. Um, the my parents rented this movie because it was a big, it was a big one, right? It was one of the oh, yeah. uh, one of the big ones that came out. It came out in 1998, and you know, stars Bruce Willis, Billy Bob Thornton, Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, Will Patton, Steve Buscemi. Owen Wilson, Michael Clark Duncan. I mean, huge star-studded cast. But around that time, I believe, is when WWF Warzone came out for PlayStation. And, uh, you know, I was able to rent that. And, you know, I couldn't be bothered to watch Armageddon when I was busy creating my own version (laughs) of the Patriot Invader for Warzone. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, listen to this lineup, though. This cast, Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, Steve Buscemi, Billy Bob Thornton, Owen Wilson, Michael Clark Duncan, so uh, Will Patton, and then these two guys, they're like in a ton of st- They're one of those actors. They're in a ton of stuff, but uh, you never know their names. They're just like, oh, isn't that guy like in every other movie I've ever seen? Uh, William Fitchner and Peter Stamore. Like, I love those guys, by the oh, way. Yeah. <clears throat> but actually, William Fitchner, he was in... Uh, the Ninja Turtles, he was going to be the Shredder until there was a big revolt, and then he just ended up being some other guy in that movie or something. But He was also in uh, The Longest Yard. Yeah, yeah. He oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was, was a Captain Knauer, and he was also in uh, the opening scene of The Dark Knight. He got shot up by the Joker before we knew that is true. who the Joker yeah, was. Yeah, like I said, he's in everything. Actually, uh, William Fitchner, Peter Stamore, I think that's how you say his name, those two guys, they were in a show called Prison Break. Oh, great uh, show. Oh, I love that show. Um, Peter Stamore played John Labruski, I think yeah. his name was. Uh, like a big Italian mobster or something. But, uh, oh, yeah. Man, those guys are good. Those are the, like I said, those are those actors. I just, they're like, they're under the radar. You know, they don't probably get the credit they deserve. Another one a big fan of was probably my favorite actor at one time, a guy named Robert Nepper. You ever heard of him? He was also in Prison Break, yeah. He was also in Prison Break. He yeah. was teabag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and my wife always creep each other out when we go around and we like act like teabag and talk like he did. So, anyway. Prison Break was actually, that was one of those shows where it started off great. And then, yep. like, after a couple of years, you're like, what are they doing still? Like, it's like the whole purpose of season one was to break for prison. And then it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> and I, I don't know. Like the whole, the first season is fantastic, but after that, you still keep watching it, but it just kind of falls apart. I feel like. And, uh, 
But no, like that first season was absolutely fantastic. One of my one of my favorites when I when I watched it. I loved all the little all the little clues and things that happened throughout the series. It was awesome. Yeah, great show. I uh, actually I like the see how they escape from prison. The second season they're on the run. Yeah. The third season they all end up back in prison again, except it's like this I don't well prison down in Tijuana or something. Yeah. And there's like no guards within the prison. They're all on the outside of the prison. Yeah, it's and kind of like tries a, to... yeah, very very uh, not like it's a very rough prison to say the least. Yeah, like so many prison guards had been getting killed and stabbed. They just quit putting prison guards in the prison, <laughs> and they just put them on the outside to patrol and just kind of let the inmates, you know, fend for themselves. But uh, that was a great storyline. Anyway, but yeah, Prison Break, great show. But anyway, Armageddon, yeah, fantastic movie. Uh, I remember seeing it, I'm pretty sure it was the summer of 98. Yeah. I had a friend, I was about 12 years old, me and a friend, uh, his parents took us to the movies, and one of the few movies I saw in theater as a kid, we didn't go to a lot of movies, but, uh, oh yeah. And on the big screen, like that movie was great. I always wanted, that was one of the ones I always wanted them to bring back at like a dollar theater or something just to go, go back and watch it again. But Stamper, he's, uh, an oil rig guy and, uh, basically an asteroid's coming towards earth. The NASA scientists figure out that, you know, the only way they can stop this asteroid is by, drilling a hole in the middle of it as it's coming towards Earth and exploding it from the inside. So then they needed uh, some oil rig diggers or whatever their title is. So Harry and his ragtag bunch of <laughs> employees, you know, they go up and they save the world. But, uh, oh, man, great movie. Actually, me and uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. shared a common love for this movie. I was just talking about it one day in training. And he was like, oh, dude, I love that movie. That's my favorite movie. I'm like, yeah, me too. So I'm going to read you some some trivia because um, this is funny to me. Because um, I'm on IMDb. If you're ever on IMDb, okay. it's, a, it's a great site because they, they tell you all the information about the movie. But then they also show, like, some trivia, like things you may not have known, which is always kind of fun to, to learn. And it says here, NASA shows this film during their management training program. New managers are given the task of trying to spot as many errors as possible. At least 168 have been found. That's, does it list any of what the errors were? It does not say. Now, it's funny, though, because I've met people in my my life that are like, oh, I can't watch that because it's not factual. It's like, I'm not NASA. I don't care. Like uh, uh -huh. one of my movies I've always really enjoyed. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's called it's the recruit with Colin Farrell. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, it's been a while. So he's uh, he's recruited to the CIA and the whole story is his dad was in the CIA. Um, and so he didn't really, he kind of knew, but he wasn't sure. And so they recruit him as, you know, to join the CIA and everything. And um, I was at work and one of my old jobs, and I don't know if you ever had a work friend, a guy that you talked to at work because you had similar interests, but you never really spoke outside of work. And that was it. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, he would lend me movies. I'd lend him movies because we were big movie fans. I was like, oh, have you ever seen The Recruit? Huh. I was like, oh, it's got Al Pacino, Colin Farrell. He's like, oh, man, it sounds like an awesome movie. He's like, yeah, yeah. And I told him, oh, about the CIA and stuff. It's like, oh, it sounds great. So I, I lent it to him. He lent me a movie. And, uh, you know, the movie he lent me was Seven with uh, okay. Brad Pitt and uh, is it Morgan Freeman, I think? Uh-huh. What's uh, in the box? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
and he's like, you'll never guess the ending. And it's like Kevin Spacey. And it's like, well, he wasn't even in the first part of the movie. Like, how could I have guessed that? <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it didn't make any sense. I was like, that's kind of lame. I wasn't a big fan of it. But anyway, um, he hated the recruit. And I was like, really? oh, why? And he goes, everything I read about the CIA, psh, nothing like it. And I'm like, I mean, it's a, it's a fictional film. Like, I, I don't. I don't know. Like, I think sometimes you have to detach from that and just try to find enjoyment and stuff. And oh yeah, yeah. I don't think NASA is going to recruit an oil rig drilling team to go up <laughs> to space. It's a movie. So, it's entertainment. <clears throat> like, relax. You know, I don't know. That's just ridiculous. so. The, yeah, the whole plot was uh, they brought in the Harry Stamper who owned his own oil, you know, rig company or whatever they're called. I don't even know. Right. There's some guy out there who's yelling at his computer. But anyway. Uh, they they bring him on and he's supposed to train the astronauts to drill because uh, the astronauts are going to be the ones that go up there and actually you know save the planet. Well, you know he's basically convinces everybody at NASA you know you know it's going to be easier for you to train us to be astronauts than it is for you to train them to be you know drilling. He's like I've been drilling for thirty years and you know I still haven't got it all figured out and you're going to expect these Boy Scouts to go up and save the world. And anyway, they end up convincing NASA to send them all up there. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it's, it's just uh, such a fun movie. It's it's interesting to me. Like, I feel like nowadays, you ever have this thought where like a lot of movies don't get, or like they get remade all the time. Like, I'm surprised we haven't seen like a new Armageddon movie. You know, and that's true. There, there's actually another good one called Deep Impact, and it was also. Released in the summer of 98, but this one was such a big movie, it completely overshadowed Deep Impact. But actually, Deep Impact's a really good kind of... See, I, I'm a huge fan of, like, end-of-the-world movies. Anything mm -hmm. that's end-of-the-world, I'll totally watch it. Yeah. You know, I, I love that. I love Deep Impact. Day After uh, Tomorrow. Day After Tomorrow. What else is there? 2012. 2012 wasn't bad. Uh, Knowing. I don't know if you've seen that one. Oh, with, with Nicolas Nick Cage. Cage. That was an end-of-the-world movie, so... Yeah, I love I love end of the world movies. Actually, San Andreas that was a huge disappointment. Did you see that one with the Rock? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, yeah, was, apparently everybody cool. in Hollywood's like not a fan of his now. Really? Have you heard all the all the uh, interesting stuff about him and play, trying to play the political game with his movies lately? Uh, uh not really. So you know he did Black Adam, right? And uh, uh huh. Black Adam is the villain of Shazam. He's like, you know, he same costume and everything, basically. Like, he's yep. the Shazam villain. Apparently, The Rock wanted to kind of rework the whole DC universe and build it around Black Adam and Superman because he, he wanted, like, the top, basically the top baby face to his top heel and uh -huh. kind of make Black Adam more of a anti-hero than a than a villain i guess and so like he he kept zachary levi from being in uh shazam or from being in an in credit in black adam he refused to mm. be in an in credit in shazam and so a lot of people are, are speculating why this is all why it fell apart and then of course the second shazam movie didn't do well financially and so people think that might be part of it and anyway it's like vin diesel you know him and the rock have had issues for years He's like, support, yeah. yeah, I support you, Zachary Levi. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just kind of funny that it's like, come on, dude. It's a, it's, it's a movie. Like, just relax over there. I don't know. It's just kind of funny that he was trying to get. He, I guess he was just trying to rework the whole thing. Like, 
okay, well, you chose Black Adam, who's a relatively unknown villain, right? I mean, from right. a mainstream perspective, people in the comic world know, but mainstream, he's very unknown. Well, I think the era of uh, superhero movies, I think that's kind of come and gone after, you know, end games with Marvel. You know, obviously they're still around, they're still making millions of dollars, but, you know, there hasn't been one that's really stopped anybody in their tracks, you know, in the last five years or so. Yeah, it's really gone downhill, I feel like. I feel like the superhero movies are now kind of like they were in, like, 03. Like, this uh-huh. is like Ben Affleck Daredevil era, where it's like, yeah. oh, it's, it's kind of fun, but I'm not that... I'll rent it later. I'm not worried about seeing it in theaters. Yeah, there really hasn't been anything that's come out where I'm like, oh, I really need to go to theaters and see that. I will, you know, that the last one we went and saw in theaters was Spider-Man. Uh, see, yeah, I saw that it? one, and I saw Doctor Strange, uh, but I didn't see Okay, I didn't see Thor, Black Panther, or the new Ant-Man in theaters. Yeah, and I don't think you missed much. Uh, I saw I saw the new Black Panther, wasn't impressed, saw Thor, it was okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that Spider-Man was just fun, you know, having all three people in it. And that's the only reason I really went and saw it anyway. If it was if it was just another Spider-Man movie, I probably would have, you know, just waited till it came on Disney Plus or something. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of interesting how that is because, like, Marvel movies were so huge. It kind of feels like we're in the ruthless aggression era of Marvel, you know, where <laughs> uh-huh. it's like, the people that are into it are still into it. Everyone else is kind of like, eh, you know, like. Yeah, I don't really watch that it's anymore. It's kind of like The Rock and Stone Cold <laughs> Left. That's kind of like Iron Man and Captain America. You know, it's like. Yeah. And, and I've already heard rumors are trying to get them back to do some stuff. And I'm like, well, of course, because it, that's what made it good was your your top tier talent, right? You get Now it's like people don't care about Shang-Chi and mm-hmm. Eternals as much, right? It's It's fine for what it is, but it's not as big as, you know, that. So I do get it. Yeah, and you got guys like me back in like oh three oh five who were still trying to convince our friends to to watch wrestling. No, no, it's still just as good. Like like they got this guy Kurt Angle now, yep. and you know it's it's really it's really still awesome. DX is still around sometimes, and <laughs> well, it's even like it's funny because now like anytime they need to pop a rating, it's like oh Stone Cold's going to be on Raw. Oh, you know DX is coming out. Oh, it's like all nostalgic based. Like someone uh-huh. pointed out, it's like imagine if like Hogan's doing a promo and out comes Bruno San Martino. Like would <laughs> they wouldn't have done that then because oh I know. I mean, obviously Weird. it was a different era, but it's like nowadays it's like or, gonna, or the Valiant Brothers or something. Yeah, like <laughs> nowadays they're going to do anything they can to kind of pop that rating and get people excited. And it's like the problem is, is like even like at WrestleMania, that'll be. That has it's this weekend as we record this. It hasn't happened yet for us, but it'll be old news by the time this is aired. But like, yeah, they'll probably have Stone Cold come out and do something. They'll probably have DX come out and do something, or Shawn Michaels, or somebody. Like because uh-huh. it gets people excited. Like a big moment. I always kind of think that it kind of gets glossed over was the return of the Hardy Boys. Like that was huge. Yeah, and and it did, ultimately didn't pan out because that run was absolute trash. But that one night was awesome. Yeah, I remember, like, back in uh, 04 and stuff, you know, people are still like, oh, you still watch wrestling? Like, because nobody had watched it in, like, five years. Yeah. You know, pretty much, like, my 2000, all my friends quit watching wrestling, but I was obviously still into it. But uh, I said, yeah, you know, I still got good people, like Undertaker. Like, Undertaker still wrestles? Yeah. And little did they know, he would actually go on to keep wrestling for about 20 more years. Right. (laughs) Yeah, or, you know, Ric Flair's in WWE now. I'm like, oh, my goodness, Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. He looked like crap in WCW. It's like, well, he looks way worse now, so come check <laughs> it out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I but, think it's it's the thing of like if you're into something, you don't realize other people aren't into it. Uh-huh. Like, I'll never forget, you know, wrestling in, in obviously we're not we're talking about Armageddon today, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah, whatever. I know, you know, at periods of my life, like being in school and stuff, I'm looking around, I'm seeing like NWO Wolfpack shirts at school. I'm seeing Austin 316 shirts. Like, what is going on? Like, all these people are wrestling fans. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, sweet. Everybody likes wrestling, just like me. And then all of a sudden, two or three years later, hey, did you watch wrestling last night? I don't watch it anymore. And it's like, what? what? Like, how do you not watch it anymore? It's the greatest thing ever. You know, they're like, ah, it's not, not for me anymore. It was it was always interesting how it was a fad for some and then just kind of fell apart, you know, for others. Yeah, well, you know, for those people, they, you know, we watched it when we were in sixth grade. And by eighth grade freshman year, they quit watching it probably because they all got girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Bunch of losers. <laughs> probably. <laughs> They're like, no, I don't watch wrestling. I got a girlfriend now. Eh, well, whatever. But uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely that definitely tracks. Speaking of that, have you seen that new fad? I think they've kind of stopped it more recently where these guys are taking creepy photos with the female wrestlers. <laughs> uh, I've seen a couple. Like, they do the prom picture. And you can see, like, there's one of uh, Becky Lynch that's real prevalent where she looks so incredibly <laughs> uneasy. Like, uh-huh. it's like, good Lord. Like, why would you – I don't know. Like, why would you want to take that picture? Like – are you going to tell people, like, hey, check out my prom date? Like, <laughs> are you hanging it on your refrigerator? Like, is that your profile pic? It's so weird. So weird. It is. Yeah. Well, and they, like, I've seen now, like, some uh, ladies, they won't even, like, they'll stand next to the person, but, like, there's no touching allowed, yeah. you know? It's a shame so, you even have to say I something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. People are weird. Yeah, they are. It's it's bizarre. But, um so you got any movies like so Armageddon like that's my movie but you got any movies that you can just watch over and over again and never get tired of and watch it every time you see it come on? Yeah, I mean there's a few movies like that for me where I'm just like, "Oh man, this is one of my all-time favorites." Um one of my all-time favorite 80s movies and it's one that kind of gets glossed over is Midnight Run. Have you ever seen that one? No, I haven't. So when The Rock did the rundown they said they compared it to Midnight Run and something else. And I can't remember what the other one was, but because it was kind of a because Midnight Run, Midnight Run's a bounty hunter type movie. It's got Robert De Niro and Char- okay. Charles Grodin in it. And so the basis the basis of the of the story is Robert De Niro is this ex cop turned bounty hunter, and <laughs> you know he's like tired of the business, and you know he's turning in. Uh, you know, these criminals for five, 600 bucks, you know, whatever, just making his, making his money the best way he can. And, uh, he gets, uh, a, a deal to, to pick up this guy named Jonathan Mardukas. They call him the Duke. And what happened is this guy finds out he, he ends up stealing like millions of dollars from the mob. And then of course gets arrested and ends up, you know, out on bail. And now he's, skip town is hiding out. And so the bail bondsman who's actually Titus Sinclair from ready to rumble. Shout out to that movie. There um, you go. He, uh, hires De Niro to go pick him up. And he's like, if you can pick this guy up, he's like, I'll give you a hundred thousand. And he's like, are you serious? And he's like, I got to chase you down for 300. Like, I don't a hundred thousand. He's like, here's the deal. If I don't get this guy, I'm out of business. Like 
it's going to cost me millions if I don't get him in the next four or five days. And so, anyway, he's got to travel all the way across country to pick the guy up, and then just chaos ensues because the mob wants this guy because they want to kill him, and the cops want this guy because they they want to arrest him, but... De Niro's got to get him there or he doesn't get his money. So if he gets arrested, uh. so he's like, he's going against the cops, he's going against the mob, and then there's another bounty hunter on him. It's just absolutely one of my favorite action comedies. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. It's It came out in like 88, 89. It, so it's uh, more of an action comedy than than just a action drama, I guess. It's it's very, very, it's very funny how, how it all plays out because it's just, awesome. it's a ridiculous type of movie and just all the hijinks that ensue and stuff like that. There's there's one, I don't want to give away too much, but there's one scene where they're being chased by a cop and by these guys on a helicopter. And so they got him by the arms cause he's handcuffed like the, the Duke is and they're running and they're on this ledge and they kind of turn a corner real quick. And he just goes, ah, and he falls over the edge <laughs> into the water. <laughs> so then he's trying to swim with his hands cuffed. Oh, it's so funny. It's awesome. a, it's a really funny movie, so definitely one I could watch over and over again. Because I think we all have those like feel good movies, right? Where like you just want to watch it because you're like, man, I just miss watching that movie. Yeah, so that you know Armageddon and for me Independence Day, those are two like I can you know always watch and you know never get tired of. So Independence Day is a fun one. I remember saw that one in theater also. So. Yeah, that was one of those movies that was like. Man, like that, the that a hype train on that movie was huge, was it not? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I felt like every there was so much promotional stuff going on. I want to say, I don't know. I just remember commercials of them always, you know, blowing up the White House or something, and yeah. somehow tying that into maybe a McDonald's collector cup. <laughs> Probably, I don't, yeah. I don't know what it was. I don't remember, but they did a lot of cross promotional stuff for that movie. Yeah, th- that movie definitely had a lot of a lot of hype on it. So, um, is that something you've always enjoyed too? Is like the alien invasion stuff, like War yeah, like I, said, I mean, that, stuff like that. that. Uh, yeah, anything that kind of ties into to the end of the world, you know, stuff that you know probably would never ever happen, you know, where you can really kind of you know disengage and you know just enjoy just enjoy the movie. But yeah, alien stuff's right up there. Yeah, War of the Worlds was good. Um, trying to the the newest one, well, the newer one with uh, Tom Cruise. Trying to think what else other kind of alien movies have come out other than just Alien. But uh, there's been a few, but I, yeah, War of the Worlds was always a fun one. I loved how they showed how, uh, like, you kind of saw the aliens kind of go in like through the lightning bolt and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was super. I was just I don't know. Well, I, actually, kind of, I just I just watched Cloverfield the other night. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, I remember when that came out. That one, the shaky cam was so bad, it like gave me a headache, though. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It for, was I've never. Are you? Do you like the shaky cam that they do a lot now? I I, can't uh, stand it. I do. I do. Uh, my wife doesn't. She hates those movies. She can't watch them. So she was at work. So I watched Cloverfield by myself. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoy them. I think I don't know. It just it's a different way to shoot a movie, and it yeah. does add a little more realism where it makes it almost feel like you are kind of right there with them. Um, yeah. I think that, that's the appeal of them, but they are difficult to watch and yeah. not easy on the stomach sometimes. It was just one of those things. It was so much that I couldn't, it's like I, if, if it was like a scene here or a scene there, I could get into it, but this is just too much. Like it, it was so I had to like sit down cause I was watching it in theaters. I had to sit down and cover my oh, eyes yeah, that would be for a bad like one. 10 seconds at a time to kind of like, 
Yeah, it was it was rough. It was really. We rough. watched uh, Gravity in theaters. Did you ever see that one? Never saw that one. That was awful. That even that one just about did me in. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a shaky cam, but it was you know they were out in space, and it was just this weird like the first thirty minutes of the movie is just one continuous shot, and you're in space, and the camera's just moving. And there's a lot of in and out, and it feels like you're in space, and it gives you, I don't know, it's so weird. And the, the camera's going upside down and side to side. And oh, that's weird. It, uh, Yeah, my wife couldn't even watch it. She, I had to turn away a couple of times, but she was getting sick from it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. I don't think that that's always the best. Um, did I ever tell you about the time I was, I was living in Florida, and I'd heard about this movie theater that offered something called D-Box? Have you ever heard of that? Uh-uh. So I hadn't either. Is that a a steroid? (laughs) Maybe. A movie on steroids. So not all the theaters offered it, but some of them did. And Iron Man 3 was coming out. And so I hit up a bunch of the guys. Hey, you guys want to go see Iron Man 3? And I was like, there's this new way you can watch it called D-Box. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And what it is, is the seat moves with the action. Oh, okay. And so you can up the intensity. And at first I'm like, this is kind of lame, like like nothing's really happening, right? Like uh, this is not that great. But I realized I had the intensity on low, so I was like, I turned it all the way up, of course. And like, if you're in the suit, like if he takes off, like he pulls you back in the in the chair, and, uh-huh. and it, when explosions happen, it kind of bounces you. It was pretty insane, actually. Like I was uh-huh. like, man, you wouldn't want to see every movie like that, but for like a very fun action movie, it was awesome. Yeah, I've been on, like, simulation rides and stuff like that that'll do that. But, no, I've never watched a movie that way. Yeah, it, it is very much like a simulation ride. The problem is it's like a two-and-a-half-hour simulation ride. So <laughs> right? it, it can be a bit much, you know. But So does it have a feature you can just turn that feature off and just sit down and watch the movie? I think so. Well, and it did not every seat in the theater offered that. It was only, like, oh, okay. select, like 30 seats. And so I remember, like, when I ordered my ticket – because a bunch, because we were so busy in Florida, we didn't have a lot of spare time. But uh, three or four of us were going, and f- a few guys were like, "Yeah, we may go." And so I messaged them, "Hey, you know, if you don't get your ticket now, it may sell out. There's only like twelve tickets left because the rest uh-huh. of the theater is just normal seating. It's only these like right in the middle that offers this, and it was a little bit more expensive, but definitely fun, and it was worth it. I thought it was really fun. So it would be something I'd like to do again. But I don't think any theaters close to me even offer that, and it may not even be a thing anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I know they've really been revamping movie theaters since COVID. So, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting though because I think with COVID, I got out of the habit of ever even going to a theater, right? And which is weird because I do enjoy going, but it is also so expensive <laughs> that mm, yeah, you have to. To me, you really have to be into the idea of going if you're wanting to. I guess. Yeah, like I said, it's really got to be something that that makes me want to go. Like I think actually, so yeah, Spider Man, the last one the last superhero movie we saw in theater, but I think that might've been the last uh, uh, movie we saw in theaters at all. So yeah, we just, we just don't go anymore. Yeah. Well, I know during COVID when they opened the theaters up here, they were showing like back to the future and you know, the 89 Batman movie and some of the classics and stuff, but it's like, Oh, that'd be cool. But I'm like, do I really need to spend 12 bucks to go see a movie that I literally own on DVD and on digital? Like, right. Yeah, the idea is fun, but I don't know if it's totally worth it. You know, like, I think that's a problem. And it kind of makes me wonder if movie theaters will be around that much longer. 
Like I, I hate to see that go because like, uh, I know because that same with like video rentals, right? Like I hated seeing video rentals go, but like realistically, not a necessary thing anymore. Like you don't need to rent no. movies because there's no reason to. Well, and what's ironic is I feel like movie theaters just now because of COVID have got a setup. You know, most of them anyway. I know some of them are still, you know, you're still elbow to elbow with people. But, like, the setup that actually go see a movie is, like, really enjoyable, at least the ones that I've been to. Because they'll have, like, little groups of seats, like a, a grouping of four seats or a grouping of two seats. You know, if it's just you and your wife, there's usually a big wall. Well, the ones I go to, there's a big wall behind you and in front of you. So you don't have to... Oh, I don't know how to explain it, but it's not like it doesn't block the screen, but at the same time, you don't have to look at the back of someone's head or see them messing around on their phone or all that stuff that kind of distracts you. So, yeah, movie theaters are probably on their way out, but it's like they're just now figuring out, you know, the best way to to show a movie and to uh, enjoy a movie. So I've actually really enjoyed the theater, you know, the last since COVID, Mm -hmm. but I just, for whatever reason, yeah, just don't go much anymore. What is those three? Those three kids I have running around that have that need a babysitter. That has something to do with it too. But sure. <laughs> well, and I'm sure if you tried to take the whole family to a theater, you're spending at least a hundred dollars. Oh yeah, that's we go. We try to take them like once a year to something, but uh, oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. We don't get popcorn or anything. It's just trying to feed them all and take them to the theater. It's just way too much. It's a lot of money, that's for sure. Um, but the kind of final thoughts on Armageddon. I, I do want to watch this because I haven't really ever seen it. The pieces I saw were fun. I do remember one scene specifically that I, I do remember watching where they each gave their, like, conditions to do it. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. And at the very end, Bruce Willis is like, oh, and they also don't want to pay taxes again. Ever. <laughs> Billy Bob oh, Thornton was like, he was the NASA guy, right? He was kind of like, yeah, okay, yeah. I think we can make that happen. <laughs> yeah, what is like, uh, so-and-so wants to bring back uh, the 8-track. Yeah, they <laughs> like, have I'm really, not sure, really I'm not sure weird. if you guys can make that happen. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, and they don't ever want to pay taxes again, ever. Fair. I mean, yeah, that's like, a fair request, Oh, yeah, request, this, this one was like, you've got, uh, so I think his name was Rockhound. Rockhound has like, uh, 57 unpaid parking tickets. We were going to see if we could get that taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun stuff. Well, we probably have enough time for another topic here. Let's do it. So let's, uh, let's yeah, start. but watch, uh, watch Armageddon and then give me your thoughts when you do. I'd love to see what you think about it. Yeah, I will. I, uh, it's one of those, like, I don't know if you ever do this, where I... let me get the wheels set up here. It's always fun to, to rewatch stuff. It just, I don't know. Taking the time to actually do it is usually uh, is usually the issue, I guess. Like, it's not an issue. It just we never, at least for me, I never take the time to watch new stuff that I haven't seen. It's not new, but I just haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, we got six topics remaining: Mick Foley, Batman toys, Nickelodeon game shows, TGIF, the Game Boy, and trading cards. Are you ready for another wheel spin here? Spin the wheel, make a deal. All right, we have landed on Batman toys. Awesome. So obviously me and you are big action figure guys, so it's uh, no surprise that this would be a topic we would like to discuss. I'll start with you. Like what are like do you like did you collect Batman stuff when you were younger or anything like that? Yeah, I had a few. 
uh, my brother was probably he was he was into DC superpowers. Uh, oh, he was a big DC fan. I as I got a little, he was older than me, so you know he came along and you know he was in the late eighties. But he had the Hall of Justice. You know he had uh, a lot of the DC superpowers. So I played with a little bit of those from what I remember, including Batman. Um, and then as the nineties got into it, early nineties, well, late eighties, early nineties, I remember getting a few of the Batman figures from the movie yeah. with Jack, with Jack Nicholson and Michael, Michael Keaton. Oh yeah. Um, those were probably the only ones that I had just a few of those. I remember one that was really awesome was, you know, the black suit Batman and his belt came basically you could pull his belt out and it was like a string, oh, but yeah. it was a, gra- a grappling hook. So oh, I, I remember I having that, too. that had, was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you'd hook it up, and yeah, then eventually, like the spring, the mechanism, whatever it was, quit working, and it wouldn't. It wasn't strong enough to actually pull him, <laughs> pull him up like a grappling hook. But it worked like the first handful of times you did it. Yeah, that w- that was always a cool set. I remember actually, I was super into Batman when I was probably six or seven, and uh, one of the only play sets I ever owned is I actually had the uh, Batman. I think it's the Batman Returns playset. I'm not 100% sure, but it was like half uh-huh. the Batcave, half like Gotham City. And it opened up, and there's actually these two windows he could rip, he could bust through and rappel down. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It had a little area where the Batmobile could drive through. Yeah, it, was, it had an area where he could hang upside down, which I don't really know Batman doing that. But at the time, it was like, oh, that's so cool because you could hook his feet in and drop him downward. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, do you remember, though, like, Batman toys were always interesting because we always saw a lot of gimmicky Batman mm-hmm. toys. And what I mean by that is, like, to me, I just wanted Batman. Black costume right. with the gold logo. Like, that's what I wanted. But you'd always see, like, uh, you know, Arctic Snow Batman or Laser Batman or, you know, Deep Sea Batman. All these different gimmicky ones. Like, what were your thoughts on that? Because that always kind of... I, I liked him, and I like him more now than I did then, but I was always kind of annoyed because I'm like, I just want a regular Batman. I don't want this goofy one. Yeah, same as you. I uh, I had, like, a Batman. Well, I had a Robin, too. I think they were, like, the same line. But it was a Batman that was, like, brown and black kind of camouflaged, mm-hmm. and it had this suit. Not a, I don't even know if you call it a suit. Something that kind of clipped on to his waist and went over the top of his head, and it had these big wings mm-hmm. with... Uh, I don't know, little guns that clip to the wings. But, uh, yeah, you're right. There is always, you know, yeah, undersea Batman or something, which I get it. You need – it's a Batman line. You need a Batman in every wave. Then you can't just keep releasing the same black black and yellow Batman, although I think they could have, and it would have been, you know, would have went over just fine. Yeah. Because that's always the one kids grabbed, right? So if you didn't get it the first wave, which is like where a lot of us were, like either – because it was just different back then. You may not even – you know, if you don't go to Walmart for whatever reason for a couple of months, you might have missed the first wave altogether. And, you know, by the time you actually get there, uh, you know, that, that Batman might be gone. So, you know, by the time wave two comes around or you find you find out about it, you know, you might not have never got that first, you know, black and gold Batman, you know, the classic version. So, yeah, then you just you end up settling for whatever weird Batman they have in wave two, three, and four, or whatever it may be. Well, and, and I... I've heard people talk about it. You know, I get it. Like if a kid wants to collect WWE figures today, who are they going after? You know, the Roman Reigns, the AJ Styles, those guys. So that makes sense why they keep making them because they're still demand. I get it. But 
it's also one of those things where, you know, it gets a little bit annoying when you're a collector, kind of like that maximum sweat line we talked about last week where there's a stone cold literally in every wave. It's like, okay, give us someone else, you know, like, yeah. So I, I do get it on both ends of that, but no, I think uh, the Batman toys are definitely fun and there's been so many iterations um, right now. Um, the license belongs, the main license belongs to McFarlane and they do the DC multiverse, which I'm into those. And, you know, they do the, the new relaunched superpowers and stuff. Um, I don't think you're a collector of those, but what are your thoughts when you see those out on the, on the pegs? They're cool. I mean, I like them. I'll always, you know, kind of dig through the pegs and just see what's out there to, to keep in. And that's kind of the fun part too. I know a lot of things get ruined now, you know, by the internet and you kind of know what's coming out. Yeah. So I try to stay away from those online and then I kind of get the pleasant surprise when I see them, you know, in the stores, my like, oh, that's cool. I didn't really know that was coming out. So right, right. yeah, they're okay. And nothing I'm, nothing I'm going to get into. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, they're fun. What did you ever get into? Uh, so I was more into like the early nineties, you know, Batman. I don't know if that was Kenner toys or toy. It would have been, been Kenner. Yeah. Okay. I remember toy biz had a few around that time as well. Toy biz. But did a, then, did uh, run, yeah. In the late eighties, early nineties, then Kenner got the license back cause they did superpowers and they got the license back and they did like, they did several different versions. Of course they did Batman, the animated series. They also have done like, and that was Kenner. Yeah. And they also, oh, okay. Did, like Legends of, of Batman. I don't know if you remember those. And they did yep. Legends of the Dark Knight. They did so many different ones. And all those are really cool. But again, I remember them being like super gimmicky because that was kind of what the trend was at the time. By the time Batman the Animated Series came out, I was I was definitely into it. I mean, that was a really good show. Oh, yeah. Um, but I was more into Marvel at that time. Sure. So I was watching Batman, but I was more collecting you know, Spider-Man and X-Men and Fantastic Four and all those Fox kids shows. But uh, anyway, yeah, Batman, you know, they I always saw them. I just never, they weren't Marvel, so I never picked up too many of them, if any of them. But uh, that's really a fun line, too, if you go back and look at those waves of Batman, the animated series. Oh, yeah. Actually, one of my favorite Batman figures ever is from the Batman Returns line, and it's a Bruce Wayne that you can turn into Batman. Okay. Oh man, like because he was like a Bruce Wayne figure, he's like, a like a flipper head, or what was it? No, he's wearing like a uh, just like almost like a sweatsuit. It looks like, but you can put on okay. the chest piece, you can put on the mask which had the cape attached, the uh, the gauntlets for the arms with the gloves, and then these boots on him, and turn him into Batman. Oh, nice! It was awesome. I remember a friend of mine had that, and I was just like, "That is the coolest figure I've ever seen." And uh, I actually saw it at a toy show, Mint on Card, back in like, I think it was like October when they came into town, October, November. And it was like 50 bucks. If it had been like a, a decent Ooh. price, I'd have probably grabbed it. But I'm like, man, that was such a cool figure back then. Guess you weren't the only ones that thought it was cool. Apparently not, you know. But I mean, again, 50 wow, bucks, $50. Mint on Card for a 30-year-old figure. I guess that's not terrible, but it just, it is a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can get on card. I mean, you know that for... 10 to 15 bucks, you know, some stuff is 20. So it just depends on, again, I think all those prices depend on what someone's willing to pay. Yeah. You know, like at the end of the day, like I know, uh, when I got into the WWE superstars line, you know, we were in the middle of series three. And so I was like, Oh man, I hope I can find all these figures. And of course you picked up a couple for me, uh, Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels, but I found Scott Hall on eBay for, a very good price, basically retail. 
Yeah. And I started hitting random Walmarts. I found Hogan, found Honky Tonk Man, found Flair. You know, so like it wasn't that hard. I just had to. I just kind of had to put in some legwork because if you get on the Walmart app, Honky Tonk Man's like forty five bucks. But wow! Yeah. I went searching, found them pretty quickly, so it wasn't that hard. I don't know. It's just one of those things you have to put in the work sometimes. See, I looked at that Bruce Wayne figure talking about it. I do remember it now, now that you uh, brought that up. Yeah, I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, that is really cool. I can turn anything where you can turn Bruce Wayne into Batman or Clark Kent into Superman, like yeah. all those figures, all that stuff was great. Yeah, the Batman toys were definitely cool. Um, then, like, you know, there's been so many iterations and stuff. There's actually a line, and I actually briefly started collecting this line in 07 because I was actually at the – I was actually in Eldon. I was at the wrestling school at the time. This is when I knew you. And I was uh, I was traveling back home, which I would do every month or so, just kind of see everyone for a weekend and then come back home. But when I was at home, I'd always like to hit the stores to see if I could find anything new. And I remember there was a Kmart. On my way out of town, I was like, I'm going to stop in this Kmart because Kmart actually, when it was still around, was a really cool place to go because you could usually find some stuff there because no one shopped at Kmart, right? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I mean, literally, you could find some fun fun figures there, and I and I, I had some pretty good luck at Kmart. So I, I was in there, and I found these figures. I was like, wow, these are really cool, and they're, they're called DC Universe Classics, and the first wave has Batman, the Penguin. Um, and a couple of more obscure characters, but like it built a figure of a guy named Metamorpho, and it was five figures to build him. And I was like, and they had all of them. They were like six, seven bucks, not crazy expensive. So I bought them all, and I was like, man, this figure line is awesome because it was like a classic Batman, classic Penguin. They were really, really cool. And then, of course, I kind of got out of that just because I didn't really have the money or the space to collect at the time. And starting doing some research online, going to Figure Realm, as you do and we all do. And, like, they've made, like, 20 waves of this. Wow. Line. So I've kind of been recollecting those slowly. And uh, it's a cool line. I actually picked up a loose Riddler the other day at the Toy Mall, which was really fun. And he's in, like, his classic jumpsuit. Like, they, they, they do a good job on this line. These were made by Mattel even before they had the WWE line. And they look very similar to the classic figures, but in modern articulation, which is really fun. Yeah. I got into a uh, total justice for a while. That was uh, great too. That was a really fun line. I had a few when I was a kid. Uh, I remember I had the flash. Um, but yeah, those are, those are super fun. Um, and there I was wish a, they'd have done more of those. There was a Batman or two there. Yeah. yeah. Cause Kenner had that line and th- those were really cool too. I wish they'd have done more because I was like, that was like, I don't know, anytime you can get all the heroes together, I always just thought that was a super cool line. So, Yeah, so Hand of the Fire, what was your favorite? Was it Kenner? Uh, so, like, for me, I don't know, I'd have to choose between, like, my favorite toy company back in the day, Kenner or Playmates. Probably Playmates. I would but, say Playmates, uh, too. Just Kenner had such more, good stuff. I was more into Turtles. You know, I think it all depends. Mm-hmm. Um, you could almost throw Has- Hasbro in there because they did WWE, but they also did GI Joe. They also did Street yeah, Fighter, yeah. Mortal Kombat. Like, I don't know. It, it all depends. But Playmates was doing really good stuff to me. Like Playmates is still releasing Turtle stuff. Like, I feel like they really need to like buckle down and like release a lot of these old characters that they made and mm-hmm. make new ones. Like that would be a money maker to me. Take all these old characters that you never made and start making them as original playmates people would go nuts for that yeah like i mean i don't i guess i don't mind them re-releasing the original line with just the four turtles and 
Shredder and Splinter. But to me, that yeah, that's kind of boring. But uh, I would like to see them. Well, re- number one, re-release the figures that are going for crazy amounts on uh, on eBay. You know, like if you can, I don't know. There's probably copyright issues with the uh, the monster Universal Monsters line of there, turtles. There's a few I'm sure they can't, but there's a bunch that I know that they can. Yeah, so I mean, start working on some of those. I mean, they did the superhero ones, Bebop and Rocksteady. I think those were pretty expensive. But yeah, then you're right. Then let's you know add on. Let's make some new characters. I know they're uh, actually. I just put that on one of my Facebook pages. They're Varner Studios. They, I guess, they had somehow had a hand in designing Happy Meal toys in the '90s and also Playmates figures in the '90s. They did Toxic Crusaders and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's but awesome. they have a whole they have a whole book out there of turtle figures and Toxic Crusaders that never got released. See, so yeah, I mean, start digging out some of that stuff and, and re-releasing it. I think what's, that'd be awesome. What's that book called? Do you know? Varner Studios. Mm. Um, that's, I don't know if like Playmates, they kind of uh, contracted some of the designs out to them. and But they were, you know, at least came up with some of the designs. Hmm. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's, and they, they came out with a whole book of them not too long ago. But it's got, I don't know, it's a pretty thick book. And it's not just, I'm just, those are the only ones that came to mind. They did more than just, but they did Happy Meal Toys, Turtles, uh, Skeleton Warriors, I think was another one they, they had done. Oh, yeah, I remember those. But uh, anyway, that's kind of an interesting thing. I always figured, like, Playmates had their own kind of in-house, you know, creators and stuff, which I'm sure they do. But also, I think they contracted stuff out to different art companies and things yeah. like that for ideas. Oh. Of course, that was the '90s. I'm sure the business model has changed, you know, since then. But oh, for sure. But that's definitely a cool, cool thing to do. Um, but yeah, man, to kind of wrap up Batman toys, I'm always going to be a fan of anything Batman. You know, like there's there's so many cool ones that these had over the years, from Kenner to Toy Biz to uh, you know McFarlane. Now, you know, to Mattel. I mean, they've all done a really good job with the Batman toys and. Batman will always be a fun one, I think, no matter which iteration. They're just, there's a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt. All right, man. Well, I guess I can wrap up Batman toys. Are you ready to spin the wheel to see what we're going to talk about next week? I am. We're, uh, yeah, we might, uh, at the end of next week, might need to add some more topics. And I know we have a poll out there that we took, so we can use some of that to, to fill up the wheel again. Yeah, well, we are, like I said, we are, we have five topics left. And about five, yeah. So it's interesting, though. We were talking about this before we started recording. Two of these topics were on originally. Yeah, so we're 12 episodes deep, and we still haven't covered all the original 10. Was it 10 topics? Yeah, we had originally we had? We had 10, and I think we added, yeah. like, we've been adding six every time we get down to four. So anyway, let's spin. Let's still, see holding, still holding out for TGIF and Nickelodeon game shows. Those are the two that's left from the original selection. Yeah, we'll see what happens here. Let's, uh, let's throw them on. Let's spin it. Well, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer because next week <laughs> we're going to be discussing Mick Foley. Yes. Love it. Love Mick Foley. I, I think he's like, he's going to be unanimously like one of everyone's favorites. Oh, yeah. For years. Like everyone loves Mick Foley, right? Such a great guy. Um, he he came and I don't know how much you were around, but I know around 05, 06, he came and did quite a few shows for Harley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I got to interact with him a little bit. 
totally regret not being more of a mark. You know, back then, you know, we can talk about that next week. But, you know, when you're young and you're in the business and you get all these legends coming in, the worst thing that you can do, at least that's what they tell you, is to mark out and bother them and stuff. But yeah. I almost went too far the other way where I didn't, like, hardly talk to him at all or pick his brain or, yeah, you know, it's almost, you know, I would almost, you know, of course, that's probably not Harley's, how Harley does it, but I would, <laughs> I would pull Mick Foley or whoever. If I was Harley Race, you know, I would, I would bring these guys in here and I would say, hey guys, here's Mick Foley. You know, I brought him in here, if, you know, to, to sell the house, but also, you know, you know, if you guys got questions, bounce them off of him. That's what he's here for. You know, make sure they understand, you know, cause that's, you know, just part of your investment, you know. That's the thing. But Harley never did that. (laughs) That's been the hardest thing about, I think, being a wrestler is, like you said, you don't want to feel like a mark. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I'm I'm very much like you. Several times I went too far the other way and was like, oh, I don't want to be a mark. But realistically, is it a big deal if you take a picture with Mick Foley? No, it's not, you know. Right. It's... I don't know. It's just one of those weird faux pas, right? Like you don't want to be that guy. Like I remember we had a kid, this is after you had left WLW, but he came to train for a few weeks and, uh, I'll just tell the story. His name was Dustin and on his elbows, on one elbow, he had a star. We had a star on each elbow, right? Right above the elbow and kind of almost on his tricep. And on one of them, it said Dustin. The other one, it said star with two R's. Okay. I was like, is that what you want your wrestling name to be? Dustin star. I mean, obviously it is because he wouldn't have tattooed it on his body. Right? But he's like, <laughs> yeah. hey, maybe, I, I don't know. And then so Simon Gotch being himself goes, well, you know, there's already a Dustin Star. <laughs> and I don't know if there was, but he was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. And it was, but like every day, like the first day he shows up, he's wearing a Ray Mysterio shirt. Yeah. The second, the second day he's got a John Morrison shirt. The third day, he's got, like, a Batista shirt. And I was like, hey, I want you to wear a WWE licensed shirt every day you train. Okay. It's like he doesn't even realize he's kind of being made fun of, you know. But, like, realistically, Uh like, nobody cares. But it's just that weird, like, faux pas of, like, if if you were given a shirt by BJ, it's perfectly acceptable. If you went and bought it yourself, you're a mark. You know, I don't know. It's weird, right? Yep, The weird faux pas. I remember one of my first trainings i i think i wore my kevin nash shirt uh and when i walked in darren wade and, and trevor murdoch they're like oh wolf packs in the house <laughs> of course <laughs> and i was like oh okay it's not cool to wear these got it <laughs> yeah well and it's again it's it, i remember it was described to me and i was like wow that that's totally accurate they're like you can wear shirts of your friends or maybe like people you okay. grew up watching but, like, uh-huh. you couldn't go – like, if you wore a Razor Ramon shirt, I wouldn't think anything of it. But if you wore a Finn Balor shirt, it'd be like, oh, geez. <laughs> like, See? So here's – a yeah, you're right, though, because here's another one. So I did the Master Lock Challenge on uh, Raw, and I, I don't know what I was wearing that night. But uh, Wardrobe gave me a Batista Unleashed shirt because I'm supposed to be a fan. Right. So they gave me the Batista shirt. And I never knew I was, you did a Master Lock Challenge. That's amazing. yeah. I was actually, I did the, the first Master Lock Challenge on Raw. He had started out doing them on Sunday Night Heat. Yeah. And they, they brought him over to Raw. And, uh, yeah, it was the first one he he did on Monday Night Raw. So, anyway, he, he threw me around. Then Stevie Richards came in and beat him up and helped me to the back. But 
they gave me a Batista shirt for that because because I was playing the fan. Right. So that was okay. I could wear the Batista shirt to training because WWE gave it to me. It's a gift, or, so it's uh, perfectly acceptable. Right. And same thing. BJ got a bunch of WWE shirts at one time, ECW, when it was coming back. So Kurt Angle. So they handed out all those shirts to guys. We could wear those. But yeah, if you actually went out and paid for a current day shirt with your own money, you were a mark. Right. Yeah, it's it's that weird uh... – I don't know. Like, I guess that's something we'll probably cover at some point because we did a little Twitter poll of topics that you'd like us to cover at some point. One of them was um, backstage stories. And yep. there's so many of those we're going to have. That could probably be like a five-part episode, honestly. But <laughs> Right. But, yeah, faux pas in wrestling and stuff. And I remember being, like, told, hey, when you get in the business, you don't go to WWE shows anymore because you're a you're a worker. Uh-huh. You're not a fan. And it's like, really, like, who cares? Right. I don't know. It's just, it's funny how how those little things take hold and how you can take them so seriously, but really it doesn't matter that much, you know? Well, man, and you and me, we're almost 20 years past all that now. So, I mean, I'm sure the business has changed. And who knows? The guys probably all bring toys to the shows and make all the guys sign them now where that would have got us kicked out of the locker room before, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that would have never been a thing. Well, like, even people don't realize this. I, there's another guy I've done a podcast with a few, few probably a couple year or two ago, and he's a big figure collector. He actually came to one of Harley's camps when he was up in Troy. Uh-huh. Met him, talked to him, but then found out later that, like, he was a big figure collector. One of those things, like it never came up in our conversation because that's not yep. what you do, right? Like, same with you. I didn't know you liked figures or anything. Not that, not that we really collected them, but we were still into it. Like, oh, shoot, we didn't have the money to. Right. Well, <laughs> what's, what's funny is, I don't know if I ever told you this story, but I was in Bonsai, a friend of ours. You know, he's a referee now in WWE. I was in his apartment one time, and he had a box full of Jax figures. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I was going through them. It's like, yeah, just some of my old figures. And I'm, I'm looking at them like, this is. Like this came out in a, like within the year. Right. Uh-huh. And I was like, I think this one just came out, didn't it? And he was like, Oh, well, yeah. And I could tell he kind of felt like he almost felt weird about it. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I have some too. He's like, Oh really? And then it's like, now it's okay. You know? Right. Uh, he's like, I don't really buy them anymore. I don't have the money. I'm like, I don't either. You know, it's just, he's like, Oh, but it's, it's super cool. And then I'm like, Oh, it's awesome. You know, like, Wish we had a Toys R Us yeah, here. Well, he's like, oh, I know. <laughs> like we're all back going in, over. you know, back in '04. I mean, that was just '04. Well, you you came in '06 or so. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, '04 when I started, all they had was current day stuff. They didn't do a lot, if any, of the the legends and stuff. You well, know, yeah, that kind of that kind of hit when you were there because that's when Harley yeah. was going through that whole process. He was in one of the early waves. Yeah. So I mean, that's when the Jacks uh, classic super superstars just started. I mean, up until then, there was no you know, Macho Man or Ultimate Warrior. It was, you know, if it's 2005, we're talking about, I'll bring him up again, Heidenreich and Gene Snitsky. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, those that was your figure selection back then. Oh, good times. Good Lord. Well, as we wrap up this episode, <laughs> it's, it's my week for a shout-out. So I am going to, uh, let's see, what am I going to shout-out? I'm going to shout-out the website Homage or Homage. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but uh, – uh, if you're a wrestling fan or a fan of, like, Nickelodeon, they even have some DC comics. A lot of the stuff we talk about, they offer a lot of cool T-shirts. And they have, like, retro-style WWE shirts, which is kind of my jam, obviously. So I bought several shirts for them. Um, but they, they offer a lot of cool deals. Like, they have a fan club. So 
the more money you spend, you get money back to use in future purchases. Um, my very first shirt I ever – I bought three shirts from them because uh, they had a deal going with Fully Posable at the time. And I was wanting to support them. And I just like love the style of shirts because they're real soft and kind of vintage mm-hmm. feel. But I bought a Legion of Doom shirt. I bought a shirt from The Office, which if you're a fan of The Office, amazing. And then uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. So they kind of have all the fun fandoms covered with with homage. It's a really fun website. So shout out to them. Check them out if you want some cool t-shirts. I really like the – have you seen the NBA Jam t-shirts they do, except it's WWE Slam? Yes, I I have a few. Do you? Okay. Yeah, they had like Earthquake and Typhoon. Or uh, I don't know, Macho Man and Hogan or something. I don't remember, but so I, yeah, those I, are really cool. I have uh, I have Earthquake and Typhoon. I have uh-huh. uh, Edge and Christian. I have Hogan and Macho, and I think I have Dude Love and Stone Cold. So I have a few of those. Yeah, right? those are cool. Yeah, they're definitely fun, and uh, yeah, they have a lot of cool like. Their designs are just kind of goofy looking, which is fun. Like they have one like representing the '94 Royal Rumble, but it's like Bret Hart and Lex Luger, but it's clearly a WCW Lex Luger because he's in black trunks and I'm like that's fantastic because it's just so incorrect <laughs> stuff yeah. like that just makes me laugh I'm like ah oh, that's so fun good times but uh, thank you guys for checking out the Saturday morning Rumble Will and remember to always keep it nostalgic we'll see you next time <laughs>